Good morning and welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today as we get into the word of God, talk about it, pray about it, allow it to transform our lives. And I hope you're hoping, I hope you're hoping for that. Does knowing you're saved lead you to sin more often, become lackadaisical and lazy in your faith? Well, some it might, but we're going to look at that today. We've been talking about the concept of spiritual warfare that's found in Ephesians chapter 6. And here Paul writes, Therefore take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. He tells us there's a spiritual battle. We have an enemy who schemes against us. That ought to put the fear of God in all of us. It ought to sober all of us up to realize there is an enemy, an enemy who is confident enough, cocky enough, that he thought he could even get Jesus to sin by misquoting Scripture to him when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. That Let that sink in. That's pretty confident on the devil's part. How must he think he can scheme against you and I? So we better take up the full armor of God, not just part of it, but the full armor of God if we hope to stand firm against him. We've talked about the belt of truth that is the basis of all our Christian faith. We've talked about the uh, the breastplate of righteousness, which protects our internal organs from the attacks of the evil one. The got shot, our feet being shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And this is our one offensive weapon with which we attack the domain of darkness and win souls and bring them into the kingdom of God. And then we've also talked about the breastplate of righteousness by which we can uh, extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, all the attacks he throws at us. We lift up that, that, uh, excuse me, the shield of faith. I'm sorry, the shield of faith by which we extinguish those flaming arrows coming at us. Today we want to talk about the helmet of salvation. Ephesians 6, actually it's verse 17. Take up the helmet of salvation. What's this mean? You know, in Scripture, there are three tenses of salvation. We're told that in the past tense, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. This is called justification. In the present tense, we are being saved from the very power of sin. This is called sanctification. One day in the future, we will be saved from the very presence of sin. This will be called glorification. As of now, I want to focus for a little bit here when we talk about the helmet. We want to take all three elements with the helmet of salvation. But I want to focus a bit this morning on this first aspect, justification being declared righteous by God. It's in the past tense. Look at this verse in John chapter 5. Jesus says this, He who hears my words and believes him who sent me has. Now I've capitalized that, underlined it, and made it bold because I want to point out that's present tense. He who hears the words of Jesus and believes them, obviously, and believes in in God, his Father who sent him, has eternal life, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Again, past is past tense. We've passed out of death. How long does eternal life last for? Is it something that comes and goes? 
Does it start when you die? No, 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 no. The Bible indicates eternal life has, it starts when you hear the words of Jesus and believe. When you have faith in Jesus Christ, when you confess him as your Lord and Savior, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and confess him with your mouth, you see? This is when we are saved, and this is spoken of as in the the present we have eternal life, we have passed out of death into life. Brothers and sisters, this is awesome, and this should give us great assurance. But some people don't like this. And one reason they don't like it is they think, well, if you have that confidence that you're already forgiven, well, why not go out and sin? Wouldn't you go out and wouldn't you take advantage of that? Wouldn't you take advantage of, of, of this assurance? And sure enough, some people do. But the fact that some people take advantage of it doesn't mean that we ought to change what the Scripture says to be true. You see, we ought to stand firm on the scripture, even if some people misuse or misapply those scriptures. I have particular problems with this on campus when I'm preaching with Muslims. They they are convinced that we Christians who talk about God has already forgiven us and we have an assurance of salvation, they see that as, well, then why don't you go out and sin all the time? And the truth is, this reveals the heart of a person. If you think that, that reveals that down deep your heart's not been changed, that what you really want to do is go out and sin, you don't have a desire to please God. You, If you're given freedom, you'd want to misuse that freedom. This is a fear-based legalism. And indeed, many people who serve God or are trying to be moral or upright they do it out of fear that they're going to go to hell. Indeed, it's true of me for until I got saved and probably even for a while after I was saved. And there is certainly, the fear of punishment is certainly a high and significant motivation in a person's life. But is it the highest? Is the fear of hell the highest motivation? Not at all. Is fear that you're going to lose something the greatest motivation? Not at all. There's one that's even greater and that is love. The gospel message is designed to give us assurance, and in this assurance, God's desire is that we would serve him and follow him and come to him and want to please him, not out of fear, but out of love. I'm reminded, I love to tell this story on campus, and I I like to exaggerate it just a little bit, but I say to the students, I tell when I'm trying to explain this concept of God winning us by his love and, and how assurance of his love for us can motivate us to do far more than fear of his judgment. So years ago, I went to this, I was at this pastor's seminar and the pastor spent a session and talked about the importance of us pastors really caring for and loving our wives. And he encouraged us to assure our wives that we'll always be faithful to him, never divorce him. Well, I came home that night, and I remember I came home and and been a long day. And I I imagine, you know, we had three or four kids at the time. They were probably all young, like probably all, all under the age of eight. Probably been a long, hard day for Roz. And and I get home late because of the seminar. And Roz asked me, you know, how the how the day went and how the seminar went. And I said, Well, you know, 
The speaker said something that made me want to come home and tell you something tonight. She turns around and looks at me and she says, well, what's that? And I look her in the eye and I say, honey, the speaker just motivated me today to want to say to you, I love you. I'll always love you. I'll never leave you. You can count on it. I'm going to be faithful and, and love you always. Now, I asked the, spe- the, the students, I said, what do you think was her response? Response A or response B? Response A, oh, do you really mean that? Yes, I do. You mean you're always going to love me? Yes, I am. No matter what, honey, I'm faithful to you forever. Well, good. Then you take care of the kids. You put them to bed. You clean up the kitchen. I'm going to go out and party. That would be response A. Response B, when I told her I loved her, oh, you really mean that? I absolutely do. You mean you're going to love me always? You can count on it. You mean you're never going to leave me? Honey, I'm faithful forever. Oh, well, well, I love you too. And I'll be faithful to you too. And what you say? We get the kids to bed a little bit early tonight and see where that goes. Now, the students all chuckle and they all know the right answer. They all know it's B is the answer. And folks, that's what God wants you to do. He doesn't want you to be like a woman, a wife, who only is faithful to her husband out of fear that if she's not, he's going to dump her. And a lot of us serve God out of this fear that if we fail, we fall short, we mess up, God's through with us. The other is God, God has made a pledge to us. His love for us is everlasting. His love for us is eternal. Nothing will separate us from his, his love for us. And as we are, and, and because he's faithful to us and he's forgiven us and he's made a commitment to us that we respond to him this way. First John chapter four says, we love because he first loved us. This is the power of the gospel. Yes, serving God out of fear can be a powerful motivation, but it's legalism, fear-based legalism. Serving God out of love and knowing I'm accepted, but I want to love him the way he's loved me. I want to be faithful to him as he's been faithful to me. Oh, yes, some will abuse it. Some will take advantage of it. Some will some will uh, uh, use it as an excuse to just live their own life. But if you truly get it, if you truly understand it, the only true response would be we love him because he first loved us. Take that helmet of salvation. Be confident of God's acceptance of you. Be assured of his love for you. Be confident in his salvation. Now, of course, this is assuming you've come to faith in Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus. It, this is not an unconditional salvation to all people. If he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life shall not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. We've passed out of death to life. Let's live it. Amen? Oh, Father, thank you for your great love for us. We don't deserve it. 
We don't claim that it's it. We we all we claim is that we have received it. Your grace is sufficient. Your grace is magnificent. Your loving kindness is is greater. It's higher than the heavens are above the earth. It's so great. We thank you for what Jesus Christ secured for us upon the cross, a true salvation. Not just the possibility, but you secured it for us. And now through, through faith in you, Lord Jesus Christ, we receive forgiveness. We are made righteous and justified in the eyes of our God. Oh, what an amazing, amazing truth. It's almost too good to be true, but it is true. And we believe it. And we trust Jesus. We trust you to be our Savior and our Lord. And I pray, Father, for each one of us that we would deeply appreciate what you've done for us. And we would spend our lives, just our life would just be one big thank you note to you. Our life would just be one of trying to please you, wanting to please you because we love you. And it would come not from a heart of fear that you're going to whack us one if we get out of line but out of love that we just can't imagine not being faithful to you. We can't imagine cheating on you, Jesus. We can't imagine uh, taking advantage of you. I pray this would be the heart you develop in every one of us. Father, if we're not there yet, if that's not the way our heart is, we ask you to transform it, mold it, make it, change it. Help us to see that the the allure of the world, it's empty, it's sick. It's false. It's not, it's not real. Don't let us fall for the devil's traps. Help us to realize there's no one, no one more worthy of our love and affection, loyalty and faithfulness than you. And I pray this, this is how we would live our lives. We pray it. Bless you. We love you, Lord. We really do. We love you, but we want to love you more. And we pray we would. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Amen and amen. Oh, I love this message. I love the power of it. I pray you know this love. And I pray you've received Christ. If you haven't, do it now. Just say, Jesus, I receive your salvation. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I believe you and I trust you are my to be my Savior. What you did on the cross, you died and then rose again. You did it for me. Hey, I hope you join us every day. I'm so glad you're here. If you're here every day, I love you guys. Glad, I'm so glad to be getting to know you. And even when I travel to different places, I so appreciate you uh, introducing yourself to me and letting me know you watch daily. So that I, because I just like to know you guys, okay? So welcome. If you're here for the first time or second time, th- welcome. Good to see you. I hope you come back. Subscribe, hit the notify button. Commit to being here. Don't just say you'd like to or every now and then, or if the title's a good one or the youtube thing thumbnail catches you commit to getting the word of god we'll give it our best every day we'll give it our best i hope you're here with us let the word of god transform your lives it'll make a difference so until we meet tomorrow might god bless you strengthen you fill you with all of his love might you know the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of god amen be strong we'll see you tomorrow love you guys bye-bye